Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Master Your Mindset podcast. This is episode three, and today we have Kate Hodgson. Um, Kate is a storyteller and an entrepreneur who is running nine to five narrative. She helps businesses tell their story and connect with their audience. She is currently in the crossroads deciding if she should continue with nine to five or if she should pursue full time employment. Hi, Kate. How's it going? Good, Jared. Good. Awesome. How are you enjoying the heat? Uh, yeah, a little sticky. I'm really glad that this is audio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel you. It's definitely been hot and humid. So why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about 9 to 5 narrative and what your current uh, challenges are. Uh, yeah, well, 9 to 5 narrative is a boutique communications consulting firm, and we help professionals as well as business owners uh, to essentially translate their story into a compelling narrative that really uh, informs a couple of things. It informs their brand, uh, but it also is a way to authentically connect with their target audience. So when we work with people, we're looking at how do we translate uh, your real life experiences um, into a, a narrative. So in a, in a, you know, communicate that in a way that is compelling and authentic for the audience that you're, you're speaking to. So um, besides really just crafting what that narrative is, and that can also inform somebody's brand, especially if they're an entrepreneur, um, how does that align with your business strategy? Um, and where can we best communicate that? So, okay, so, so how do you, you know, what kind of services do you offer to your customers? So yeah, that has really um, evolved and that was a discovery process even for myself. So I do workshops that teach um, storytelling techniques and structure because uh, it's really about the structure that makes it compelling for the audience. Without it, you're not going to get the attention that you, you're looking for. Um, so it's workshops, but it's also one-on-one -on -one story coaching, which has its own benefits and it's really dependent upon um, what the person is looking for who comes to me for specific story coaching. I've had different, different experiences and, and uh, different clients who have used it for various different purposes. And I can get into that later. Um, and then recently getting more into copy editing. So how do we, um, essentially what I do is I listen to somebody, uh, and I really get into where their story is and how that informs their business. And then we look at how do we communicate that on your, on your website. Yeah. So yeah. That's amazing, actually. <laughs> I mean, those services alone, you could probably help a lot of companies, a lot of businesses, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my where I've tried to position myself, just knowing um, there are other people in my market. You know, at the time yeah. that I entered, there there weren't, which was a challenge in of itself. Um, especially when you're looking at developing services that are based on your own knowledge and experience. Uh, you know, you're not when you're not creating the product. Uh, now there are there are other different storytellers out there that that run the gamut, at least within Toronto. And I'm hearing more and more. Um, you know, you can have a storyteller who's say a ghost writer. Uh, you can have a storyteller that um, really focuses on sort of businesses and entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, which you know I've my experience as well in in that area. And then there's another storyteller that I know in the city that focuses on storytelling with Fortune 500 companies, as well as more specifically lawyers in teaching. Um, I'm really going into law firms to teach lawyers how to to tell a narrative and how to tell a story that's engaging to obviously the the jurors in this case, so that right. uh, actually to enhance your 
your persuasive abilities. Right. Oh, okay. So there, there seems to be a lot of storytellers. So there's obviously a demand for storytelling in the business world. I've personally seen it as well is the use of, you know, creating a story to help convey a certain, um, you know, uh, message behind the business. It's a good way to kind of connect with the audience. So with the fact that there is a demand out there, and you seem to be pretty passionate about what you're doing. So what is your kind of biggest challenge right now with 9 to 5 that kind of brings you to the crossroads, you know, staying with the business or moving back to full time? Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I think that um, I did take a year off to work for a nonprofit. And that was really important to me um, in the way that it just aligned with my values. And it was a unique opportunity to work with uh, you know, the, the First Nations communities and, and to travel. And it wasn't necessarily a huge departure from storytelling. I was going back to my more um, instructor roots and, um, and my IT background. So I was teaching coding to, you know, a lot of um, 10 to 12 year olds and, and being able to travel to these amazing places across the across country. And then, of course, podcasting, which we're, which we're doing now. Um, you know, there's a huge influx right now, the amount of people that are creating their own podcasts. And that, of course, the best way to engage people on podcasts is through narrative. So um, what my, my biggest challenge in, uh, even that break was really instrumental in really assessing where I'm at. And um, it gave you like, sorry to cut you off, but just curious if it gave you like, almost like an outside perspective, because you got to step away from nine to five. You know, you said you were doing it for five years, so you're able to look back and see what you've kind of created from an outside perspective, right? And then you can to give you the decision whether or not you should continue or not. Yeah, um, I, I did 9 to 5 narrative specifically for four years, um, and then the last year, uh, kind of putting it on the shelf a little bit. Um, yeah, so for yeah, so, yeah, so fun to, to do, so to work for a year for um, a nonprofit organization, which, um, which was fantastic and amazing. Okay. So with that, so with that ended, right. Um, I, I get what's going on. So that ended, right. And then now you were like, okay, do I go back to nine to five or do I just continue and try to find another full-time position? Okay. Yeah. I think also I'm at a place in my life where, um, I'm starting to do, you know, assess where I'm at, you know, a lot of the four years that I, was working on and developing 95 narrative, I sacrificed a lot as most entrepreneurs do. Um, and part of that was sort of more of a financial um, stability and regular income, you know, as a feast and famine. So I did have some small successes, but nothing that would really allow me to further achieve other, other goals in my life. And so, um, you know, processing a lot of learning as well uh, in this, this year that I've had I've had off, but then also moving, moving forward. Um, you know, I'd like to own a house. I'd like to have a dog. I'd like to, you know, all of the practical things in life, um, that do require, uh, that do require at least are made easier by having a, a, um, a regular income. So I get it. So you're kind of at the decision where I'd want to go back to nine to five, where you're, you were you know, getting clients here and there, it was okay. Or do you want to try to go on a different path? Um, you know, working maybe for somebody else, going back to full time, but reaping the other benefits of being more financially secure, have a bit of income coming in, right? Um, like it's, it's two different worlds, as we know. One's like entrepreneurship, working for yourself, and one's working for somebody else with that kind of security of, of the bi weekly paycheck, right? Yeah, 
Um, so now that you're in this crossroads, you, you've also been going through a lot of self-development work, right? Because like we're part of the same mastermind group. We've been going through a process for over a couple of years. We're in our third year now, right? Um, so I'm interested to know like through like your self-development work, um, through the mastermind and other programs you've done, what has been your ultimate vision for yourself? Like, you know, I know you've had to do some vision work and look at yourself in the future. Like, what, what, what was your goal for yourself? Like, where did you see yourself and what did you kind of put out there? Um, yeah, you know, I, I've definitely benefited um, from, from the mastermind group and as well as the other, you know, associations. I'm also part of a women's business network um, that, you know, they are, they compose my board. Um, and they've been really instrumental in, um, as far as mentor, mentorship. Right. I remember when I first joined, I really felt like an ice, I, I literally like a little guppy compared to like, sitting around this woman of women who have, for this table, I should say, with women who have, um, created like multi, some of the billion dollar companies. And I kind of felt like an ice cream, um, an ice cream, uh, vendor at the side of the road. Right. Um, but yeah, in the mastermind itself, though, it's, you know, it's, it's a unique thing because, you know, what I do as a story coach is I help people see the, the forest for the trees, you right. know, parts to their life. I give that outside perspective. And I think that year off was um, instrumental in, in allowing me to step back. And so I feel like that's sort of where I'm at. And yeah, the... What about like, like seeing yourself in the future from now, did you, have you created a vision for yourself? Am I overstepping to think that you did that? No, no, not at all. I think, um, I, I didn't specifically at the time when I started, I, I kind of got into 95 narrative more. Um, it was never really my intention to start it as an entrepreneur. I don't really think I saw myself as that. Um, and, and at least not for, for a very long time. Um, you know, and when I got into the entrepreneurial world, like there is really, I was kind of a bit surprised to discover that there's really a, it's its own, own space and it's its own market. And part of the verbiage, I think, and messaging in that world is, um, you know, just, you know, success and, you know, work hard and, right. and hustle and you'll be successful. Like, no one in that world really at the time at least, really took a look at or was, was wanting to talk about other things that kind of hold you back um, or what to do if you fail. You know, at the time, and you would hear about it, people were just like, fail, fail often, fail fast. You know, that's how you sort things out. And I'm like, oh, I'm so, I'm so doing that. I'm definitely putting myself out there. Um, but no one really talks about fears around you know, that people actually have around succeeding. You know, some people will self-sabotage um, just because that there's a latent fear about, well, what happens when I do succeed? Um, but yeah, I think part of my, you know, I had moderate success for sure, but looking back, I really do see where my, my fear and that manifested in different ways. You know, part of it was imposter syndrome. Part of it was, um, fear of being seen really of failing on a larger scale. Right. Um, you know, we've had since then we've had like Brene Brown, who's really, you know, forged ahead. And there was another really great article that I was reading about that the more success you are and you have the, the more, you know, that you put yourself out there. Um, 
the more success you're going to be, the more you put yourself out there, yeah, you're definitely going to be more successful, but you're also going to draw the attention of people that, like, of negative criticism, and you have to be prepared for that. So, so do you feel like, you know, those, like, thoughts, like, self-sabotage, like, those things were holding you back from, like, really exploring the potential of 9 to 5 narrative while you were building it? Were you going through these kind of emotions and feelings? For sure. I, you know, and I think what, you know, what spurred me on initially to at least join the mastermind group was, um, and I think that this is unique to my gender. Uh, and I think it's also unique to a service based industry. So not where you're, um, not in a sense where you are, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Oh, um, when you're creating a product or manufacturing something, it's easy to break down the price in a sense of, uh, the, these are the costs of overhead. This is the cost of the, the labor. This is the cost of the, um, this is the cost of the actual supplies. And, and then also maybe looking at the market and being like, okay, well, what, like who else is, is selling this and what are they selling for it? Or what is my brand and what's the kind of customer that I want to attract? What's the kind of margin that I want on this in order to survive or to go forward? You know, like those things for me seem a little bit more or much more quantifiable being like, yes, this is, that I can like work out on a piece of paper. But when you're thinking about, okay, I'm selling my services, I'm selling my experience, I'm selling my expertise, um, and the result of which, you know, I've obviously seen in my clients yeah. and I've had that feedback, which always is really fantastic, but it's not, um, you know, putting a price to that is, is really something that is, um, I think I, I, looking back, I would have experimented a little bit more with but it's intrinsically attached to your own self-worth and as a woman we always we tend to undervalue ourselves and under undervalue our experience and and what we have to offer and so um that kind of hesitation and that kind of um, maybe lack of self-confidence was um something that i that i struggled with in trying to place myself in the market because when i I got into the market there, there weren't a lot of people in it so um yeah, I see. I, I kind of like. Yeah, I see. I see where you're coming from, um, and I see kind of where you're going as well. That like during the whole nine to five narrative thing, you were still, I guess, working on yourself, right, and going through this whole like self development process. And it was kind of almost like it was kind of interfering with what like, the potential of nine to five could possibly be, right? Because if you're constantly having these almost like negative thoughts about your self-worth, about you know, what's possible, what I should charge, am I giving value, am I showing my worth, all these things, it's hard for you to grow a business, right? And it's hard for you to like, kind of put that out into the world if you're constantly coming from like almost um, a what if like mindset, then that's kind of what you're putting out there. But if you're coming from a mindset of like, I'm gonna kill this, I'm gonna crush it, like get out of my way, then that's kind of what you're gonna get in return. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, of, you know, so sorry, I'm not trying to say it from like, even a negative standpoint, because I think everybody goes through this. And I'm just trying to like, even bring it to where you are now to really understand, like, um, if like, if, if the reason why you're not doing nine to five narratives because of like, maybe the lack of success you've had up to now, versus, you know, not doing it anymore, because like, because you just don't want to do it anymore and you want to try something different. It seems like you're actually so passionate about like storytelling and working with clients and like the actual services behind it. Like when you talk about it, you just seem really passionate about it. Um, so I'm wondering if it's like 
like the reason why you chose not to go back into it was because of like the way it was before as opposed to like what it could be right well i think you know and and you did you do hear this when you get into the entrepreneurial world wherein um you know they you know when i first started and i was i was taking you know i think it was a government sponsored business program and you went through like the long form of developing a business plan and even within that process people you know did say and, and have said and did say since or had did say to me later was that you know your business plan is going to evolve and it's going to change so i think which is sort of what has evolved to the lean business canvas as well but anyways that said um you for sure my my company name changed my um my branding has since changed and uh i'm you know now doing another assessment and sort of you know asking myself what is the what is the tangible value that i bring to my clients like what will my clients buy that is a need that they have um and looking at it at that way so i think in some ways you know it's it's this catch 22 i think in this world where you want to be able to make a living at what you do because it's you're passionate about it and, and you and you love it um but passion also comes with a lot of feelings and sometimes those feelings can get in the way of making smart uh, yeah i get it yeah that, that's kind of what i'm saying as well is that like those feelings are kind of like almost like getting in the way of like you know who knows what could really be possible um because like building a business on your own is like hard work right and it's emotional work and it can be up and it can be down and it's like and it's grinding and it's like constantly dealing with like all kinds of like daily problems that you have to like keep pushing through to like get to like the other side mm -hmm. so but and i think that's why i was just curious about like what your ultimate vision is for yourself like you know, when you, when you think about yourself, are you like working for your own company, servicing these clients or no? Or are you just working at a job, you love the company, you love their message and like, you know, you're making the money you want to make and, and you're content with that. Like, you know, I, I think it's important to kind of like uh, visualize like what you want to be and what you want for yourself. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, we've had talks about this in the mastermind group as well. And... You know, and I think is that was also something that hindered me in the beginning as well, because I kind of came in it again, sort of as, as I described as a, a sort of a reluctant entrepreneur. Um, you know, my instincts, a friend of mine said this to me because I was I was lamenting or I was kind of giving myself like a bit of a pity party because there was somebody that started out about the same time as me. And she's done at least by all accounts from what I can see exceptionally um, much more successful. And it, for me, I kind of sort of see it because I know her, she's a lovely person. Um, and you know, everything that she's done, I always had impulse to do. Um, but I held myself back and for whatever reasons, whether that was budget constraints or, or my own, my own mentality. Um, and I've seen her go ahead and have those experiences and do those things. And, you know, I was, you know, a bit, kind of, again, like self-pitying me, but then my friend's just like, well, you can look at it that way or you can look at it like you've, you've had the right instincts all along, um, which is I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, <laughs> I decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to my friends. <laughs> um, but then it's like, okay, well, how do, you, how do you shift? And I think that's what you're trying to get at, like in a sense of how do you shift your mindset? How do you learn 
from your right. past experience? I don't think that it's like the, the work that you're doing. I don't think it's the services you're offering. I don't think it's the business. I think it's all like in your mind, right? And what you've kind of been like putting yourself through, even kind of a little bit about like the language using right now, it's just like, how can you shift your mind in a way? Like if you were to like say, you know what, I'm going to give nine to five, one more shot. I'm going to go all in on this and nobody's going to stay in my way. Like how can you get to that place and realize your value, realize your worth? Because like I see it, I know other people see it, right? And like, I just, if you like, if that's what you want, or maybe what you want is to say, no, I'm going to close the door on nine to five, that chapter is done. And I'm going to do something different. I'm going to move into a different direction. Right, but whatever it is, like you're gonna go like solid in that direction. You know it's what you want, and like again, nothing's gonna stand in your way. Um, yeah, I think you know it, there is a really um, poignant thing that Gary V said, and it's funny because I actually met him. And he was he was a, a speaker at a conference that I went to really early on in in my business, and um, before he actually really blew up. And I, I, it's a story that I've told, but it's been a while. Um, uh, I got to actually ask him a question at that conference, which was really thrilling for me. But, you know, one thing that he did say or put to the audience, and I'm sure he's done since, is that, you know, are you an entrepreneur or do you have entrepreneurial tendencies? And it's something that is really... Yeah, I've heard that, yeah. Um, I think at this point in time... You know, and it's weird because I don't know necessarily that I've actually really decided and that's something that I need to do um, in like, okay, I'm stopping this and I'm doing this. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know if anybody ever really does that. Um, <laughs> I think so. Uh, I think yes. Like people say, that's it. I'm done with this. Moving on to this. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's important. You know, and I have another friend who actually owns his own business as well, and he does leadership training, and, and he's had the experience of being able to, um, where he's been hired in-house for his skills, so he does what he does and has developed, but he has that capacity of working and doing that in-house, so that would be ultimately right now, that would be an amazing for me to be able to do if I can continue to work and develop my other skills that are you know attached to storytelling then that would that would be um, the ultimate but I think uh, right now my focus is really just to gain my own traction so you know but I'm in a very unique situation in a sense that I'm not I'm not married and I don't have kids and so my liability is really just to myself so that can be a good thing or a bad thing you know <laughs> you know one thing that I know about myself is that I really need to be put um, that my intrinsic motivation versus my external motivation is um, you know, quite uh, precarious shall we say um, you know I uh, I'm very competitive and so when I'm put in an environment where I'm having to keep up I do really uh, but I think a mind shift for me has been slow in retrospect. Like I can see where I've made gains. Definitely, I'm, um, I've learned a lot about myself, and I've grown in ways that I think. Like I think in some ways everybody should be an entrepreneur because right. Um, really, you, you could even do both. You could even you know you could still if you wanted to have like you know nine to five on the side, and then you had your full time contract yeah. position as well. Um, yeah. But I think. 
create it more as a side hustle because people yeah, but I think it would be like an interesting like experiment or you know something you could explore would be to really like sit down and figure out like how you, what you see yourself in the future that whole like one year three year kind of vision um, yeah that's kind of what I'm going through right now actually I'm trying yeah. But look at it like so. So for myself, like when I first did my vision, when we first started the mastermind, it was probably the first time I did it, um, and it was, you know, it was like, oh, I wanted to live here. With, I wanted this house, and I wanted like, you know, this vacation home, and it was all about things and stuff like that. But as of late, when I when I think about my vision, it's actually shifted to now more about like the feelings that I want to have as a person. So when I look at myself in the future now, I want to be like calm and, and I want to be like non-judgmental and, you know, and I want to listen to people and I want to focus and I, and I want to be someone that gets things done every day, right? It shifted to like the type of person that I am and, you know, I, I would ask like, you could try something like that where, you know, think about you as a person and then what are the things in your life that can give you that feeling? Right, because like for me anyway, that, that actually really helped me decide like, okay, for sure I want to be sticking with my business. You know, I have a couple other projects that I'm going to be launching that I'm just passionate about. And I'm trying just to like do things now that are around the feeling that I want to have. Like so, I say in the future, but in a sense, you can have those feelings right now, right? And like that can give you the drive to like get whatever you want. Do you know? Does that make sense? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a couple things that stood out to me. Um, one, I can relate. It's easier, I think, to identify materialistically. For sure. You know, like, I want a house, I want a car, I want, you know, those things, those things cost money. And the, the money that is linked to what you do and, you're, and what you do, if you're lucky, is connected with yeah. your passion. Initially, yeah, I think most people think that way. That's their idea of success. Is that, but I think when you go deeper, there's something more to it. There's, you know, once you have those things, okay, then what? Right? I have the house, I have the car. Like, what is I, what am I ultimately after? It's a certain type of feeling. Um, yeah, I think the, you know, for me at least, within self-awareness, um, you know, it's, consistency is challenge. Uh, you know, I think in, in our, my own expectations with, in regards to change has also evolved. Um, I've also gotten older and with that comes, you know, a lot more of a maturity that allows an insight into things for sure. Yeah. Um, in some ways I kind of wish I, I could do what I do for other people for myself. Uh, but there are other ways forward that I'm, that I'm looking at, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, like I said, I'm in kind of in the middle of a business development and looking at you know, what are the services that best meet my target audience. Um, and a, a, a past point that I wanted to make was when I was talking with my friend, I always kind of thought that, oh, okay, my, my target audience are entrepreneurs and they're social innovators um, because those were the people that I was getting. Like those were the clients that I was getting, but I was getting them through my network and I, my right. network at the yeah. time was that space. And so this aha moment kind of came when I'm like, well, maybe like that's actually, that's, those aren't the kind of people that I'm, that I want to service actually, right. you know, people that I I am motivated and more of my tribe do come from my my past world which is the corporate and the business world um, because my, my personality and the self-awareness that I've gained through the mastermind and other personal development things that I've done 
you know, I'm very uh, goal oriented. It's, it's really important for me that things have um, forward momentum and forward movement and, and being for attached sure. to the goal. Right. Um, I can only do nasal gazing for so long. And so, you know, and I pushed my business in that sense as well. And I thought, well, you know what, actually the people that I've always wanted to, to help are people who, who are established in another organization. Um, and how do they then translate their personal experiences in that workspace? And so that the people that are working in these corporations can more authentically connect and that we can learn from each other and from each other in those experiences. So, yeah, that's kind of where confusion, I think, was happening, where I thought that my target audience was the people. With, uh, now, now so now you've kind of identified that you have a new target audience. Um, and okay, so does that mean like you're making the decision to rebuild nine to five to focus on this new target audience? Yeah, going back to the thing. So. All right, so, so you definitely want to stay with nine to five for now. Is that kind of uh, a fact? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, like that again, the break uh, that I took to learn from the nonprofit. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because you just, yeah. we hesitate and then you kind of shift to like something else. It's like, like you, you, you avoid it. Like you avoid the whole, like, are you going to continue with nine to five? I, I am. I'm going to take this time though to, to gain, you know, I think that there are different experiences that that can feed into things like you know um there's you always have like a wish list right and so christmas and santa is about but um having a wish list isn't necessarily making it more real right right reality of my life um is really addressing other other things right so you know and i i don't think that any side venture is necessarily about giving up or sacrificing. I think that there's... No, I don't think so either. I, I think um, I think it all goes back to that, that whole feeling thing that I found of like incorporating it just because it really, that's what it comes down to. If you're helping these corporations and you're connecting with each other, there's probably a feeling behind it that you're getting. You're like, yeah, you can get that, you know, you get that working for somebody else. You can get it wherever it is as long as you're kind of like in touch with who you are and, and who you want to be and how you what you're striving towards, right? There's multiple ways that you can feel the same feeling, right? For sure. And you know, and you were talking about that before, you know, like how is the way that you want to feel? And, and one thing that has come up within my work when I'm, especially when I'm working one-on-one is, um, you know, a lot of people have that aha moment where they, you know, as, and I approach it as a storyteller. So I'm looking for where the connections are in their life and how one thing informs the other. And um, I've had people really gain a lot of insight and understanding and, and sort of momentum and confidence from, from knowing how their past experiences are really coming into play right now in their life. Uh, and, and that kind of led me to investigate something called narrative therapy. And narrative therapy is a more of an applied sense of storytelling, but it comes from a more um, psychology kind of academic um, world. And so you know, where in right now I'm maybe say stepping away from the business part of nine to five narrative. I am on the side exploring other ways in which I can still build on my skill set, and then and then the hope is one day that I will be able to apply that in some capacity. In right. Yeah, and I think that's totally cool. I think um, also from like a bigger picture, um, like it's really about like getting those thoughts out of your head that you had while you were building 9 to 5 narrative, 
right? Um, the whole like the, the value, the worth, self-sabotage, like all those things that were coming up, right? If you can just like reframe your kind of mindset and change yourself in the way that you think to like, so, that, so no, again, no matter what you do, you can just kind of rock it, right? Because if you go ahead and get a job, you're gonna, you know, those same thought process can still come up. And then that next thing you know, it's sabotaging like the job that you're in. Um, I can talk yeah. about personal experiences because like from my, my company, when I had jobs, nothing ever changed in my mind. I was always doubting myself. I was always challenging myself. I was always like keeping myself down. Um, but going back to like that whole feeling thing that I've created, right? And now like my mindset has actually been shifting to like those voices, like I'm not, like they come up, but I'm not allowing them to take over, right? I'm recognizing that they're there, but they're, they're just like, we're just like noise almost, right? So now it's kind of giving me a sense of clarity. So no matter what I do from like being with my family, going to the gym, doing my business, um, I'm just like present, I'm committing to it 100%. I'm not letting that kind of negativity fuel me, right? So I, th I just think like from my own personal experience, that could work well for just about anybody, right? Because once you get your mind right, which, no matter what you do, you're always going to be, you know, getting the most, uh, like worth out of it. Yeah, I think everybody needs to find their own way to that, though. Um, yeah. It's not as, I don't think it's as easy as just saying, get your mind right. Um, no, I, yeah, sorry, yeah. I, you're definitely right, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, like there are different pathways to that, right? Like that's what the whole explosion and meditation and presence and, you know, especially in this world of distractibility, um, you know, like there was a, a deep work was a book that I recently read that talks about, talks about that. Um, you know, and I've, you know, done my own journey. Um, and, and I think that, you know, any kind of, any time that you do self-awareness and general self-acceptance, you start to identify um, sort of how you behave and then try to work within that like that's also there's the the book habits right, right. um how yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and seeing how your own behaviors are seeing how your own habits are what you can start observing that um i think that's kind of one of the first steps you do um, yeah but, yeah like once you yeah like when you're talking about then i think that's what you're talking about like having having a self-awareness to to know that what you're thinking is negative thoughts you yeah. know part of meditation too of um you know not attaching yourself to thoughts that come in you know yeah. letting them go by you know um i'm starting to get very critical you know of when i get yeah. a thought being like is this true is this uh, it's almost like another voice emerges right and now there's yeah. you and then they're having this battle inside your mind and then you know with the goal of that new person like to kind For of sure. take over the old one right yeah, you know, and, and I'm definitely benefited. Like, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm hoping I'm not coming across as though I'm cuckooing all of the, you know, the, the work and the support of the, you know, our mastermind group. And no, I don't think so. I don't think you are at all. I just, yeah. uh, I think. Um, um, yeah. Um, oh, sorry, that's my train of thought. But. Um, that's okay. I, I, I see totally, like, I, I don't think you're like, like you said, cuckooing on it. Um, <laughs> is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that. Um, I just think like the whole self development process is, is a journey in itself, and 
you know, these tools and these, and these exercises and, and these like resources, everything is out there, you know, to, to, to benefit you. But I think, like you said, everyone is on their own journey and path, right? And it's, it's not an easy, it's not a matter of just snapping your fingers and shifting your mind. It takes work, right? And it takes time. And I think um, what I was only suggesting of all this is just going back to that whole vision thing and just like spending time with yourself and being like, you know, who do I want to be in the future? Like, how do I want to be living? How do I want to run my life? What are the habits I want? Those are the things I'm just kind of coming back to. And For sure. And like, I think the mindset that you're talking about is, you know, you know, if you get to that step, which is sort of where I'm at right now, I'm kind of at a, at a midlife crisis. <laughs> like, I'm definitely in a midlife of my life. Yeah. And looking at, you know, what, what I want the next 20 years to look like. And that has been really spurred um, also because of, um, of my mom and, and her health and, and you know, really understanding that life is, is short. Um, but then, you know, sort of taking a look at looking, well, how do I want the next 20 years to go? And that vision for sure can help that. Because yeah. I don't think that I had that. Actually, I know that I didn't really have that when I first started my business. And I think the reason why I didn't was because there was at the time, which I didn't recognize, I can see that now looking back, that there was a lot of fear around that, um, of yeah. my own ability. And yeah. I totally relate. Like I've never, like, never had a vision. I never had goals. I just kind of like did stuff, right? And then I made money and I just kind of made it. Like, I just kind of like- Yeah, and you have these plans that kind of keep you going forward and then, you know, it kind of allows you to put off kind of looking at the bigger. Yeah, but then something happens in your life, right? Maybe it's getting older or who knows, like, but you start to realize that, okay, if I want more, I gotta be doing more and I gotta make shifts and I gotta make changes and I gotta do stuff that's gonna like get me there. So like, um, so it's cool. It's like, you know, having um, stuff like the mastermind and, and Self, just doing self-development and stuff that's kind of cool that you can actually like work on yourself and make changes and shift in different directions and things can get better or they can get worse but yeah, for sure. yeah, it's like but i think um you know before i started this for myself i didn't know about all these tools and stuff that i didn't like i was just myself i was just jeremy you know i was just doing these things then all of a sudden i got introduced to all this stuff and i was like okay what do I do with it? And then you sort of start putting in the work and then you sort of like, okay, maybe I'll try this exercise. Maybe I'll try meditation. Maybe I'll try journaling. Maybe I'll try a mastermind, right? And the next thing you know, like something happens and it all kind of comes together and then you're just like, okay, you gotta keep doing this stuff because it's like work that you have to put into yourself every day um, to, to make that shift. Like that's probably the hardest thing and the most valuable thing you can do is like almost like change who you are, right? You grow as a person and stuff. It's, um, I, think I like, I for me, I I like grow as a person. I think when we're talking about changing ourselves, there's a bit uh, of a negative to me. Just and I'm just a semantic. Yeah, I, when I said it, I can, I can sort of see how that come across the negative. Yeah. But, but there are definitely moments when like things suddenly clicked for me. You know, like you you when you do. Yeah, it was like when I was doing the 10-day silent meditation retreat. Right, yes. And then things just clicked. Uh, I think for me that any kind of mindset shift um, really needs to be around, okay, I'm going to give this my all for, say, 20 days. And then the 20 days feels doable. 
Yeah. I'm looking at like, oh, I'm gonna trans, I'm gonna change who I am, and I'm just gonna change my mind, and like just starting tomorrow, I'm just gonna do this all the time. You no, know, that's gonna work well. I think yeah, do it in smaller chunks. Um, but there's definitely techniques that I want to try that I haven't tried yet. Like I haven't tried affirmation. I haven't tried consistent meditation. You know, I think the struggle for me is that consistency. So oh, okay. trying to up tactics that, that, you know, like what we're doing were to facilitate or at least to help that. Right. So I think it's, it's a really cool experiment. Like that, I did it for myself and I started small. I started with one week and I did everything I wanted to do for that week. And I saw results and I kept doing it. Um, so I think, yeah, like on a, a daily practice for sure is a cool idea. Um, you are a mastermind. Like, you know, we have the weekly, sorry, now we have the daily check-ins. Um, that's been really beneficial um, for, the, for the, the three of us that have been going to it on a daily basis. Having someone just accountable for you, having a check-in to be like, you start thinking, okay, well, I got to check in every day with these guys. I got to get something done so I can check in. But it works. It really does. Yeah. Um, and we're so, lucky too because we have a group that will call us on it, right? Like I got a message from Sean. He's just like, I haven't seen this from you yet. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's like, and that's what we need. Like we don't have to do this alone. We have to do this together. Um, and I think it's fun. I think it's fun to like help each other out to like succeed and to grow and to get more things. So I, I want to just kind of segue now into, because you talked about these tools, these things you want to try. So one of the things I like to kind of do at the end of the call is like one thing, um, like if you could, if you could remove one behavior or one tendency or one habit, whatever you want to call it about yourself, and just let go of it, and then replace it with something that's going to serve you better, it's going to get you to your vision, or just maybe not your vision, but just kind of like make you operate at like the Kate level that you want to be at. What would you get rid of, and then what would you replace it with? So, yeah, so the bad habit that I'm doing is just because I'm more of a night owl, but it doesn't really serve me. Um, if I'm on, like, especially my screen, I'm trying to limit my screen time. So I'm trying to instigate a, um, a consistent morning ritual and a consistent evening ritual, which my evening one, which is um, no screens after nine. So finding that hour to read a book or something. Um, but then also one thing that I've learned from myself, you know, through, through a couple of last couple of years as well, is that if I wake up in the morning and I think I'm going to figure it out when I get up, I'm not, um, I'm more, I'm more successful when I sit down and plan out what my week looks like and what my, especially when the next day looks like. Cause if I, anytime that I've gone to bed and be just like, oh, I'll figure out what I'm going to get done or what I'm going to do in the morning, it it on my day always gets derailed and um okay so yeah. is it like so and just be more deliberate in planning what i'm doing the next day the night before okay so one if you could lose anything you'd lose like this habit oh, sorry yeah like a solid sleep <laughs> yeah no 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 no, but no no i think i got it so um if you could lose something you would want to lose like um like screen time like right before bed and instead maybe replace it with kind of like a nightly routine that gets you um, a good night's sleep. Um, the other thing, which I guess is also a new habit, is planning more, right? Like understanding what your priorities are for the week and in return uh, prioritizing your days. I can tell you I really 
like cool statement um, that I heard from Jim Quick, and it was, what's the most important thing I need to do in this moment? What's the most important thing I need to do in this moment? What's the most important thing to do in this moment, right? And when you think about it, um, and you think about your day, I myself, I'm trying to shift to that as well, and I have a list of things um, in my Trello board, and it's just my priorities, like in general, and then I move them around, I just organize them by priority, and one by one, I've been just checking them off, and and then each day, I know what I have to get done. And, and it, it's anyway, it's totally working. And having that mindset of just like, what am I doing right now? Just be present in that moment. And this is the most important thing I have to do right now if nothing else matters. It really, like, it does work. It, it does shift kind of your, like, everything. Your output, your productivity, what you're getting accomplished. Um, so. I think the biggest thing, because I think there's also a struggle for some people, and I know this for me is um, identifying what's a priority. And I'm a very visual person as well. And I think the biggest, the most influential article that I've read, and I've read a lot of articles, was essentially the breakdown of um, looking at every task and saying, is this going to move the boat forward? And so when I'm thinking about it, the boat, okay, what's the boat? So if I'm in a boat and I'm going to the other shore, then what's on the other shore, right? Yeah. So that's kind of how I'm like, okay, is this cool. on the other shore? There's hopefully a dog, there's a car, right. there's house like okay what am i doing am i is is this going to move me yeah, I, love that. yeah I really love that it's kind of like the 80 20 rule right you have like 10 things you have to do what are the, like the top two things that are going to be the most effective that are the most important that are going to get you closer to your goal those are the yeah. two things you have to focus on but what's interesting is like i think most people those will be like the biggest tasks right so they tend to do the other stuff, the little stuff, to keep them busy and getting stuff done, right? And then avoiding those other tasks I'll do them later. And like that was me. That was like a hundred percent me. And I'm shifting now. And I'm trying to shift like every day to start my day with that most important task, and then get that done. And I've been doing that like over the last, like this week and last week, and it's working. And it's like, yeah, things are happening. Like all these things, like I'm doing all these things daily and committing and. Um, it, it's working, there's definitely a shift happening. So, um, okay, well, we got to kind of end the call. So, one, it's been amazing talking to you. Uh, I love hearing about like your journey about nine to five narrative. Um, I definitely feel like there's a lot of passion there still. Um, and you know, I wish you the best. I hope you figure it out whether you do nine to five or you pursue your other, um, you know, full time kind of journey. Um, and do you have any final thoughts that you kind of want to share at this point? Yeah, I think what you're doing in the way that you're sharing you know, around mindset is hugely important, obviously, you know, in a sense that, you know, how you look at things and your perspective on things, if you can shift that, then your world shifts. And, yeah. you know, as a storyteller, I see that when, you know, when I help people to construct the story of their life. Um, yeah. yeah. And just understanding that it, it does take work and it's hard hard and I'm, I know that I'm not always successful so I think that this podcast is really great. Yeah I totally agree that, that all the work behind like changing your habits I never thought was even possible. Um, I didn't even think like that but when you start thinking about your habits and like you said looking at it from like an outside perspective it's like if a guy was following you around with a video camera all day and at the end of the day watch your video and you'd be like oh my god what are you doing and like, and like now what's that interesting was my day yesterday <laughs> yeah but like but when you started thinking about that more real time like you said like you start realizing your habits 
Like this happened to me recently. It was like my kids were doing something, I reacted in a certain way, and I said something in a certain way, and a second later, I was like, chair. I don't want to be talking to my kids like that. Yeah. But, but, and I'm like, having this like weird conversation in my head, you can, you can slowly make shifts. And the other big thing is like, and it, like, just like start doing things that like are just completely different than what your normal routine is. Like, yeah. like it could be like, like, like leaving a conversation and don't like, like, you know, maybe you don't give hugs, but maybe now you start giving people hugs, right? Just things that you want to be doing that feel so uncomfortable, you just start doing them, just changing your habits. I don't know, yeah. there's something definitely like that positive that happens when you do that. That was the, yeah, when I, when I read the Habits book, that was one of the things I did. Yeah, send, send me that link. Um, I'm really curious to know yeah. Um, more Basically, about that. Yeah, they say that a lot of our habits are um, obviously done subconsciously, but when you get that awareness where you, you know you're avoiding something for whatever reason, the idea is to assess, you know, like, because everything is a rewards based in our lives, right? That's just how we're wired. And so if you're like, I don't want it, I don't want to do this most important thing. So I'm going to do all these other things to feel like I'm productive. So the, the act right there is, I don't want to do this, I'm going to do these other things. So what is the reward of doing those other things? Well, the reward is that I don't feel like this really crappy feeling. Yeah. So when you identify, okay, I'm doing this to avoid this feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, if I'm having this feeling, you know, for me, the next step is, okay, what is it coming from? And there was another article that I read that was really great because it breaks it down into three questions. So ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Why am I afraid? And what would I do if I wasn't afraid? So if you're looking at breaking habits, you first have to identify, okay, I need to do this. I'm not doing it. Why am I not doing it? Well, I, it makes me feel icky. Well, what's the icky feeling? Yeah, I like that. Where is it coming from? Yeah. yeah. Right? That's so powerful. Yeah. Because if you can get down that nitty gritty, right? And then yeah. you can kind of work on that. And, and that's the core element. If you can fix that, then you kind of like almost like fix everything yeah. associated with that. So it's cool. I've, I've been doing that too with like this, the resume. You know, it's never nice looking for a job, it's never fun. And, you know, sending out my resume and I've procrastinated on that. And I've asked myself, okay, why am I procrastinating on this? Okay, well, what am I afraid of? Well, I'm afraid that I'm not good enough. You know, why do you think this? You know, I'm just kind of going through that. Fear. Fear. <laughs> that, that fucking fear. <laughs> <laughs> Speaks up but, on you. But what's interesting is, like, when Sean breaks it down, so this is cool, he, like, he takes it one step further, and then he brings in courage, right? Because, like, we're so afraid of all these things, but really is what we need is the courage to, like, surpass that fear, right? And oh, that's just something that's kind of stuck with me as well because it's like, yeah, you can recognize the fear, you still gotta have the courage to do something different. You still gotta have the courage to move forward and stuff. So, awesome. Like, I think there's a lot of like cool stuff that we can continue talking about, but um, we're gonna have to end it at that. And, yeah, we should probably end it. Um, yeah, if anyone wants to check Kate out, she's at 9to5narrative.com. Um, and again, thanks for being on the podcast, and we'll chat again soon. Yeah, thanks, Jer. Okay, take it easy. You too. Bye.